I will say this. Drew Locke, by the end of the 2021 NFL season, will be better than Joe Barr. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the All The Takes podcast, where the takes are just as crazy as Skip Bayless. Now, I, now I'm your host, Big Poppy, and I really pride myself on taking outlandish hot takes, like bold predictions hot takes. To if I if I miss, I miss badly, but if I hit, I look like the smartest man in the world. So just then you know a little bit about me. But yes, this is a NFL college football podcast, and this is the pilot episode, so hope you guys enjoy. And if you have any comments, you guys want a video version of this podcast, let me know on Twitter, at Big Poppy. And let's get right into the podcast. So my first topic of discussion is the Green Bay Packers. Devontae and Aaron Rodgers both reported to training camp on day one. And they really look good. Like from what I've seen of their training camp today, I am confident in the Packers this year. I even have them winning the NFC North because the Bears and Vikings aren't even going to come close to touching them. Now, we did have an off-season holdout with Aaron Rodgers and with even Devontae Adams because Devontae Adams did state if Aaron Rodgers is not going to play, I'm not going to play. And Devontae Adams is that dude. He is the best receiver in the NFL. And he can do whatever the hell he wants. I think that Devontae Adams will not be a Green Bay Packer by the start of the 2022 season. Same with Aaron Rodgers. That's already known because the 2022 season is already voided in his contract. So he is a free agent. He is free to sign wherever the heck he wants. So that is good for the Green Bay Packers this year. But let's talk about next year. Jordan Love is not the guy in Green Bay. Telling you guys this now, do not be surprised if he's the next Nathan Peterman when he comes out week one of 2022. Now, really, they lose two of their core, two of their leaders in the locker room, Packers, and that's really hard for a locker room, for an organization, to lose two leaders like Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers. The Packers will have a fall from grace. They don't have a quarterback plan that I like, that I love. Now, now, will Jordan Love could surprise me? I do not doubt it. But I think that I think that Jordan Love is not that guy in Green Bay. And the Packers will have a fall from grace. They will have a top 10 pick from the 2022 season for at least three more years. You heard it here first, but they will be horrendous from the 2022 season until they can fix their quarterback situation. That defense is not good enough to carry the team. And even the weapons, because Devontae Adams is gone, is not good enough to help the young quarterback in Jordan Love. Now, on to the other side, the other side of the NFL, the AFC. I'm talking about the new kings of the north. 
Went from 0-16 to 11-5 last year. The Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns. Are, have the most complete roster in the NFL. Yet over the Buccaneers, over the Kansas City Chiefs, the Cleveland Browns have the best roster in the NFL. Now, I think that this is a... We'll come back to bite them, even though I do think they win the North, but not in convincing fashion like they should on paper. Ravens are also a very fantastic team with adding Rashad Bateman to that offense to really help Lamar Jackson, J.K. Dobbins in the backfield, and that defense led by Calais Campbell, uh, Marcus Peters, Marlon Humphrey. Will be will be pretty good next year, but I think the new kings of the north is really the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns will take the lead by storm. You got Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, freaking Cream Hunt, Nick Chubb, and I think Baker Mayfield is a borderline top 10 quarterback. I don't think he's there yet, but I say I say he wins. He does not win. He makes a good case for offensive player of the year this year. For sure. Now, um shifting gears to the negative side of things also, Cam Akers and Michael Thomas will miss significant time not for to start the season. And in Cam Akers' case, they it will, he will be out for the whole season. The next time we get to see him play football will be in Week 1 in 2022. Now, Cam Akers, fantastic back, leader of that Rams backfield. I thought he was going to take a jump for those fantasy owners. And in terms of just pure football-wise, I think he would be a top 10, top 15 back next year. Now, Michael Thomas, him being out for the start of the year does not help whoever, Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill, whoever is starting under under that Saints, um, under center for the Saints. Now, um, I really do think that uh, Michael Thomas... Could have made an offensive player of the year um, case if he didn't miss significant time. We'll see. Maybe he goes crazy and puts up full season numbers with only playing like three-fourths of the season. We we still have to wait and see for that. But I, I, I thought that Michael Thomas could make an offensive player of the year campaign. Now, that receiving court in New Orleans is not anything to write home about. You got, you got, who I, I can't even name it off the top of my head. But you got Trey, Trey Quan Smith and, jeez, uh, I know, Jared Cook left, um, Emmanuel Sanders left. So, now you got a number three wide receiver starting off. At a the wide receiver one in New Orleans now, Sean Payton is a top three coach in the league, and I say he figures this out—an offensive mastermind, offensive mastermind to say the least. But I do think Saints struggled to start the season without Michael Thomas, but you still got Alvin Kamara, and we got to see who's starting f- for them. 
we will see in these next upcoming preseason games that start on August 8th is the first one, Dallas and Steelers. Hall of Fame game. It's pretty exciting because that means football's back, college football's back, and even high school football's back. And that is fantastic to see. Now, in terms for the Los Angeles Rams, you got a new quarterback, Matthew Stafford. uh, Some brand new additions on defense. Some key losses on defense. And you also add a guy like Deshaun Jackson that makes that this will be a pass fast team without Cam Akers in the backfield. You got Dale Henderson in the backfield, but I think for your fantasy owners out there, I think Dale Henderson will be a reliable RB2. But in terms of straight football wise, I don't think that Dale Henderson will be the answer. I say they make a free agent siding or they make a trade. Really big thing. I think they make a trade for a premier or a low-end running back. I see James Robinson on the move. I see um, I see even um, Miles Gaskin on the move. I say before the season starts, they can trade for that RB. And maybe he will be the RB1 in Los Angeles and be productive. In the RB1 spot. Now. San Francisco. Lock up Fred Warner. For I believe four more years. At the when his contract ends. It's a contract extension. Made him the highest paid linebacker. In the league. Now even though. I heard chits and chatters about. Linebacker. is It's not that valuable position. You get. You see Super Bowl teams get it done without premier linebackers. But the the talent drop-off from the guys like Bobby Wagner, Darius Leonard, Darius, Darius Leonard, Fred Warner. Um, there's another guy who I'm missing. That position is not easily replaceable. So I agree with them spending the money. Um... I really do agree with them spending the money for Fred Warner, even though it takes a significant amount of their cap. I think that this is the right move for San Francisco moving forward. The quarterback of the defense, the leader in the locker room, is really locked up. And I think this is really more of a culture move than actually Fred Warner. Fred Warner, obviously, he's best linebacker in the league today. Um, but I think they could have, I mean, obviously there's better money to be spent elsewhere, but in terms of the locker room, in terms of leadership, and in terms of not much talent at that position, I agree with the deal. For sure. Okay. Now, this is a segment that I like to call Dwarfed to Playoffs, where I picked two teams, one for the NFC, a- NFC and one from the AFC, who has been a bad, I mean, uh, the last team in the in their division these past couple of years, and will make the jump to the playoffs this coming NFL season. Now, today we're going to talk about the Denver Broncos and 
who I just talked about, the San Francisco 49ers. Let's start with the Niners because it's a fantastic segue into what I was just talking about. Them locking up Fred Warner really displays that they want to win now, not wait for Trey Lance to develop. I don't think Trey Lance plays a snap again. I'm going to keep saying this, but 2022, Trey Lance will not, will not be the starting quarterback until 2022. I still think Kyle Shanahan likes Guapola. Guapolo. But I think it's the, the, the smartest move to play Guapolo this year because Nick Bosa's coming back. You got you got Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel, Samuel finally healthy off of injury. That defense will be reloaded. And that offense will hopefully strive when it comes to this year. Now, a big touching point I do want to make that the Niners did miss on was Javon Kinlaw instead of DeForest Buckner. I don't agree with the decision of trading DeForest Buckner. I think they would have been a better team last year and would definitely be a better team this year as it was Buckner and Darius Leonard anchoring a top five defense in the NFL last year. Now, for the offensive side of the ball, I say Jimmy Garoppolo definitely is the bona fide starter this year. And then you got guys like Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, who are really dynamic threats, not only in the passing game, but in the run game, really. You got Rubahim Mostart back there. Um, Really, they have a complete team. The offensive line doesn't really have holes. They just signed Alex Mack made Trent Williams the highest paid tackle in the league to protect Jimmy G and that ankle. I think it's between them and the Colts for having the best record in, I mean, not best aligned in the NFL. Now, let's move on to the AFC side of things. The team that will challenge the Chiefs for the division. The Denver Broncos will make the playoffs and it will come down to that week 18. That is so weird to talk about. Week 18, it's a 17-game season this year. Like, I feel for the players, though. But I'm excited to have one more week of football. You know what I'm saying? I know you guys listening definitely want one more week of football. But... It will come down to that Week 18 game against Kansas City for that division. You heard it here first. The def- the defense, their matchups on defense this year are phenomenal. They play young quarterbacks who struggle against top five defensive defenses. And I think that the, the Denver Broncos have the best defense in the NFL. With the additions of Patrick Sartain, Ronald Darby... Um, and and Kyle Fuller. Kyle Fuller will be that guy. Patrick Sartan would be that guy. I am really excited to see this defense play, play together. You got that front seven of Shelby Harris, which is probably, people don't talk about him enough, but he is an axe factor in some of these games. 
You got DeMonte Jones, who is really a hot and cold type of defensive end, defensive tackle, but he can still produce given the need to. And also, you got you got guys like Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, and Malik Reed. The Broncos were top 10 in sacks last year without Von Miller. And now we're adding Von Miller. It's an old Von Miller, like 32 years old. For an edge rusher, that is tough. Um, But I still think that Von Miller will produce. I, I think that him and Bradley Chubb will have the most sacks combined in the league this year. Now, offensively for the Denver Broncos isn't looking too bad as well. The quarterback situation is iffy, but I'm going to get into that a little bit later. But you got you got Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams, who I think could win Offensive Rookie of the Year. I say that um, really his production, I just think it's a J.K. Dobbins type of situation for Javante Williams. But I think he will become the premier back in that backfield. And then you got Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, who is a... T- I don't care what other people say. Tim Patrick is a top 25 wide receiver. You also got Jerry Judy, who can be a top 10 wide receiver if he fixes his hands problem. He needs to not have bricks for hands. It's really that simple, folks. And he becomes a top 10 wide receiver. And, dare I say it, a top 4 wide receiver in the NFL. Now, I know takes are crazy these days. But, the Denver Broncos with guys like Noah Fant, KJ Hamler, that offensive line with the only real hole who I'm worried about is right tackle. But that left tackle, left guard, center, and right guard are solid. That I I can ask, that is a above average O-line. Garrett Bowles, um, Dalton Reisner, Graham Glasgow, and Lloyd Cushenberry. Who didn't perform the best last year, but traditionally the center position is not the hardest, but it's up there in the transition from college to um the NFL. So I so it will come down to that week seventeen game, week eighteen against the Kansas City Chiefs to decide the vision the division. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Okay, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Now let's talk about some of the breakout players who haven't been in the league before or who has played not so good but will take that next step take that next step to becoming a bona fide superstar let's start off with who i was gonna get to in the last segment drew lock drew lock is the type of guy who makes big throw after big throw people say he's a backup quarterback but if you go sit down watch the film he fits in tight windows. He he throws the ball with velocity and accuracy. It's just he has brain farts sometimes. During the end of the year, towards the end of the year, he played ten times better. He was stepping up in the pocket, wasn't drifting as much. So um, and he was making better decisions 
throwing the football. I say Drew Locke makes that third-year leap, really understands the NFL. Like, three years is the max I give a quarterback. I gave Mitch Trubisky three years. In the second year, he really did something. He was a Pro Bowl the second year, but year three, year four, we all know what happened. Now he's a backup in Buffalo. Buffalo. Like, behind who is a... Probably the most talented throw of the football in the league right now. If it wasn't for Patrick. Actually, I'd say he's more talented than Patrick Mahomes. Josh Allen. But Drew Locke is really... He's up there in just pure talent, pure arm accuracy. We just have to... They just have to fix the coachable things about him. Like decision making, stepping up in the pocket. But his internal clock is... Is pretty good. He knows when to get... He takes few sacks. Okay, let's talk about... Let's move on to the next guy who I really want to touch on. Najee Harris. Guy Pittsburgh. With the TikTok boys. Um, Chase Claypool. And Juju Smith-Schuster. But I think... Um, Najee Harris. I he He will definitely be a... The 1,000-yard rusher next year. The question is, is will he be a 1,200-yard rusher? Because Ben is on his last legs. If Mike Tomlin does not run the ball next year, he, the Steelers won't do that well. I don't have them doing, I've, I don't have them making the playoffs, but if they run the ball, trust in Najee Harris, because Najee Harris is a, is a man amongst boys in college. He was really tearing that scene up. Now, let's see what he can do in the NFL. But I say the 1,000-yard rusher, rusher for Najee Harris is no question because of the amount of volume of carries he's going to get. It's whether the question is, will he be a 1,200, 1,300, even 1,400-yard 1400 rusher? Now, let's move on to a guy who just dis- got his leg absolutely destroyed. Joe Ball. He has the weapons to succeed. He has the talent to succeed. Even though I, th- I still think Tua Tagovailoa is a better quarterback than Joe Burrow. Yes, I said it. Tua Tagovailoa is a better quarterback than Joe Burrow. He- Tua will have a fantastic year next year. Dolphins will make the playoffs, but let's not get sidetracked. Joe Burrow has the instinct, the deep ball accuracy. And the playmaking to be an elite quarterback in the NFL. Now, he doesn't have the craziest arms in, arm in the world. But you don't have to have out of this world Patrick Mahomes type arm talent to succeed in the NFL. Now, you think uh, Drew Brees, an all-time great deep ball thrower, does not have the greatest arm in the world. Um, You think Ryan Tannehill, accurate throwing the deep ball. Not that great of an arm. But Joe Ball with those weapons. Jamar Chase. T. Higgins. Tyler Boyd. Like, talk about the most underrated receiver room in the NFL. No one's talking about this receiver room. You got two bona fide starters in T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. Who is, I don't know how, people don't have him as a top 25 wide receiver. Like, what? Also, um, 
you you do have that shaky shaky offensive line, but I think Joe Ball can walk past that with his weapons. Joe Mixon, you got, you can run the ball to keep him honest. I think that offensive line, even though it will be the bottom of the bill in the league, I think they are they are, they will hold up enough to have Joe Burrow do good. Now, before I move on to the last and final player, who is a Denver? I'm sorry, I'm talking about the Denver Broncos, but I really believe in this player. I will say this: Drew Locke. By the end of the 2020 NFL season, will be better than Joe Burrow. Now, I want to talk about this guy in Denver. The second-year sophomore wide receiver, Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy's route running is elite. It's up there with Devontae Adams elite. If he can fix his hands problem, like I said earlier, he will become a top for wide receiver in this league. I'm sorry to say that. It might make you guys mad. But I say if he fixes hands problem, he will be up there with the Devontae Adams, Stefan Diggs, DeAndre Hopkins, and Julio Joneses of the world, even though Julio Jones might have fallen off. But a little bit, but Jay Judy will be up there. Will be up there with he. I mean, it's just depending on Drew Locke and if he gives him enough targets. He, but I, I do think that Jerry Judy will be a top four wide receiver in the NFL next season. Now, before I move on to the next topic, I'm gonna say I'm gonna try to keep this podcast short so you guys. Can fit it into your commute, even though it's long. I mean, even though it might be a long commute, I'm going to try to keep them within 30 to 40 minutes, maybe 50 minutes if we have an extravaganza episode. But I'll get to that later. Now I want to talk about Julio Jones and the Tennessee Titans because that is a interesting, interesting team going into the 2021 NFL season. Now the Tennessee Titans made the move to to um trade for Julio Jones for what it seems like chump change. Now is it 2015 prime Julio Jones? Certainly not, but it's still Julio Jones. Probably the most talented wide receiver we've seen. I'm going to say since Megatron retired. Megatron is up there in the most gifted wide receiver of all time. But, um, yeah, you got A.J. Brown. You got Anthony Foxshaw. Don't sleep on my boy Anthony Foxshaw, man. He is a demon. He's a demon. He he produced a little in the playoff game. But, um, yeah. And then you got, uh, you got, um, Chase BB in the slot. You got King Henry. You got King Henry in the backfield. The best pure rusher in the league. I don't think he's the best running back. I think that's Alvin Kamara. But I think Derrick Henry is the best pure rusher in the league. Him or Nick Chubb, you can really make an argument. But, I'm, yeah. Um, 
That team will be a top five offense in the NFL. Too many weapons, and you have a top ten quarterback. They will win the division. Um, again, this year, but really, can they get past the division, the divisional round, of the playoffs? And I think they could make if they if they get the seating right. If they get lucky, I think they can make the Super Bowl. But they do have to get the right teams at the right times, or even get lucky with previous, like, the divisional round loss with the Chiefs, like, stuff like that. Okay, moving on from the NFL now. Let's talk about college football. Huge, huge news, rumored news. Oklahoma and Texas leaving for the SEC. This is fantastic for Oklahoma. Even though I don't think their defenses, their defenses have never been good. No matter who's in there, it could be all five stars in there. I feel like the coaching at Oklahoma for a defense is kind of weak. The offense is always electric. Even, even though people um, rank Spencer Rattler a bit higher than I think. I think Sam Howell is the best quarterback in college football. But besides that point, Texas, what the heck are you doing? Why are you leaving the Big 12, a conference that you did mediocre in? Mediocre these past five years, with the exception of that Sugar Bowl win led by Sam Ellinger. Texas, you are insane. Probably the biggest brand in college football, but I do not think that... I don't think... They make it past six wins. Period. I don't see them beating teams like Auburn, Alabama, Florida, LSU. No way Texas puts up a fight with Alabama, LSU, or Florida. Oklahoma, though, this gives them the best chance of being a one or two seed in the college football playoffs. I... They will give Alabama a run for its money, but we do have to see. Um, But I think fantastic move for Oklahoma, terrible move for Texas. Like, Texas, I don't know what the heck you're doing. You are idiotic. Now, Now, speaking of this move, on the topic of this move... An idea to end off the podcast that I want to allude to is new super conferences in college football. What I mean is you have Big 12 teams inhaled by the Big 10. It's really more of a the conference, instead of being 12 to 14 to 10 teams, I think the conferences should be 16 teams. And, um... Like, like Kansas and Iowa State to the Big Ten, I think would be a fantastic move to college fo- for college football. I say these new super conferences should happen, and I think the NCAA should allow it to happen. And each committee, like the Big Ten, Big 12, um, the Pac-12, the ACC, and the SEC. 
because teams like UCF actually has a chance. UCF, even though they struggled as of late, will come back. Mark my words. Now, another thing that I would love, love to touch base on is that Alabama and Clemson have two pretty good backup quarterbacks from last year. They lose two tremendous starters. I mean, by tremendous, I mean tremendous. With Trevor Lawrence. He's, he, I'm going to do a segment on the next episode of Trevor Lawrence. So I'm not going to talk. And Mac Jones. But they have, I do not know how to pronounce his name. I will have to say that. And Bryce Young, on a matter day. Those two guys will rule college football. And I say at least one of them. At least one of them will make a Heisman push. I do think Sam Howell will win the Heisman, though. Or it could be a running back like Brees Hall. Brees Hall for Ohio State is an animal. I'm going to save that for later for another episode. But that is all I have for you guys today. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this installment of All The Takes Podcast. It'll mean the best to me if you really review the podcast and tweet me on Twitter. I will make an All The Takes Podcast like account, but tweet me, tweet me on Twitter, BigPoppy underscore live. If you have any comments, and if you guys want to see a video form of this podcast, definitely will look into that. I appreciate you guys for watching if you watched this far, and have a fantastic rest of your day, night, or afternoon. See you guys later.